Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray? Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford? Today, we debate those two quarterback quandaries. You know me, I'm Michael Beller. You know my co-host, Derek Van Riper, DVR. What's going on, man? Hey, it's just a, another nice day here in paradise, uh, a.k.a. the suburbs of, of Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, the season is one day closer, so I'm excited about that. I think it's going to be a roller coaster to actually get to week one. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. uh, if Major League Baseball's run-up to opening day has taught us anything, but uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, hey, one more one day closer to the start of the season definitely sounds like paradise to me. It's at least my version of paradise, especially in the 2020 world that we've been living in. We should be one day closer to training camp as well. That, of course, not the case quite yet. Still unsure exactly what training camps are going to look like, if there are even going to be training camps. But no matter what, we would be in this little mini dead period, even if this were a normal season between uh, the everything that happened before this and the start of training camps. Uh, obviously, teams would start be starting to get ready in a normal year, and we would have this period of very little news to talk about. And so we thought that this would be a great time to break out uh, something we're going to go back to uh, as we get ready for fantasy drafts, and that is debates. Obviously, we're going to all be facing some tough decisions uh, when we're on the clock in all of our drafts this season. Could be uh, at the quarterback position, running back, wide receiver could be across positions, but we are going to have to make tough decisions between two players, uh, both of whom we like, but obviously we can only have one. Derek and I are going to do just that on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. We're going to start it out at the quarterback position, and we're going to start right at the top of this position. Maybe not right at the top. We're not going to go the Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, but just one step down for what could be a very interesting debate. Kyler Murray versus Dak Prescott. And again, just to drive it home, Derek and I both like both of these guys. We could both see ourselves having either one of these guys, but we're only going to argue one side or the other. Derek's taking the Dak Prescott side. I will let you have first crack at this one. Why are you going Dak over Kyler Murray? I think what it comes down to for me is that everything we hope Kyler Murray is going to do is something we've already seen from Dak Prescott. Basically, his 2019 season, right? Like, how much more are we really expecting from Kyler Murray than what we got from Dak a year ago? I think the continuity in Dallas, uh, still to me a better offensive line, that just always provides that safer floor. Uh, we've seen Dak for his entire career really be one of the uh, better passers in the league in terms of just not making critical mistakes. I, I think the ability to not... The ability to avoid turnovers, that's a skill, right? Like, that's a mm-hmm. thing that it's good decision-making. And in Dak's case, maybe you, you lose a little bit on the fumble side of it, but rarely throws picks, has shown us the ability with all those weapons around him that offense to reach the upper echelon of passing production, too. It's not just running floor with good efficiency through the air. It's now volume through the air, with that high floor that you get from being a good mobile quarterback. Only three rushing TDs last season. It was the first time in his career that he had less than six. That's remarkable. Uh, it's entirely possible that, that Dak gets a few of those back this year. I know with Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and with the increase in throwing the ball, maybe maybe that rushing TD floor is reduced to where it was last year. But 
ultimately, the biggest thing for me is the year-over-year consistency. I don't think Dak's been worse than QB 12 in his first four years in the league. He was QB 2 last year. Uh, So if you're going to invest in an early quarterback, you don't want the bottom to fall out. And I think for reasons that are probably outside of Kyler Murray's control, the offensive line and the supporting cast, it's a little easier to see it breaking down there. A lot less of a concern, though, with that DeAndre Hopkins trade. I mean, I think that's a big, big win for the Cardinals offense. Like, getting rid of David Johnson and bringing in one of the league's elite receivers, I mean, that that's one of the best cases for Murray right off the top. I think that is the best case uh, for Murray. At least that's a best-case scenario of what happened this offseason to get rid of what was previously a high-volume running back in David Johnson and replace him with an elite-wide receiver, something that Kyler Murray lacked in his rookie season was not only the best thing that could have happened to him this year, but a clear indication of just how Cliff Kingsbury wants this Arizona offense to run in both his second year and in Kyler Murray's second year uh, in the league. Uh, This is a razor-thin ADP difference. Kyler Murray uh, in NFFC ADP since July 1st, so the recent drafts, is at 58.65 for his ADP. Dak Prescott's at 58.73, effectively the exact same ADP. The reason why I go Kyler Murray is because I'm betting a little bit on evidence of things not seen, on the fact that we know that the elite talents really across any sport are going to make these monumental leaps without there being a perfectly linear way to get there. You know, it's not like Kyler Murray needs to have the building block of year one and then a intermediary step in year two before a huge year three. We saw it from Patrick Mahomes. We saw it from Lamar Jackson. And I do think that Kyler Murray can be the next guy in that pattern. Last year, 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks, just 6.9 YPA, did a lot of running, which we love, 544 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. That feels like his floor. I agree with you that Dak still has a nice rushing floor, but it's not that, and it's probably not what it was because of Ezekiel Elliott's presence and, more importantly, because of the fact that Dallas is just going to throw the ball more because of how good Dak's been, period. And then secondly, the transition from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy, I think certainly is going to lead to an offense that throws the ball more, and that's a good argument in faith or in in favor of Dak Prescott. But I think Kyler Murray uh, is going to have some level of exponential growth this year because of his underlying skill set, what we're going to see from him on the ground, and then just how much he's going to grow through the air with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think Hopkins' presence in Arizona can be overstated to how much this means for Kyler Murray. You look at what he did last year on a bad team behind not a great line with a first-year coach as a first-year quarterback when your best receivers were Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. And that's not a knock on Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk. Fitz is still doing it. Uh, One of the few guys in the league who's older than you and me, Derek, which I mean, (laughs) I love. I love the fact that there are guys playing as well as Fitz is who are older than us. That makes me feel young. So I love to see Larry Fitzgerald doing it. But he's just not the guy he once was. Christian Kirk uh, is probably never going to be a true number one receiver. So Kyler did all of this without a true number one receiver and without someone who he could just lean on in the toughest of moments. Now he has that guy. And just imagine what Hopkins is going to do for Fitz and for Christian Kirk, opening up avenues for them to be more effective, more consistently open. It just feels like everything is coming together for Kyler Murray in year two. And then think of some of the other contextual factors. Arizona, potentially a bad defense where they're going to need the offense to push up toward or beyond 30 points every single week for them to stay in games. A potentially very high-scoring division with the 49ers, Rams, and Seahawks all in there. You could see a lot of explosive NFC West games, and we don't want to lean on schedule too much, but 
that's six out of 16 games right there. I mean, that's you know more than one-third of your schedule that you're playing in your division. So another good reason, I think another checkmark in favor of Kyler Murray. Obviously, I like both these guys. We just talked about our Scott Fishbowl drafts uh, on yesterday's show, and I took Dak Prescott over Kyler Murray in that, but that had a lot to do with efficiency. I trust Dak to not turn the ball over, as you said. I trust Dak to not take too many sacks. I'm not sure I'll go that far for Kyler Murray, but I just think we are going to see a combination of throwing and rushing that is going to elevate him. He's the third quarterback I would take in a standard scoring league behind Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, there's absolutely ceiling to be reached when it comes to Kyler Murray. I think the thing that people maybe overlook with Dak is that the ceiling he has shown us is really high. It might be worth paying for it. Is it possible that Dak is actually being slightly underdrafted coming off of last season? I mean, you add C.D. Lamb to replace Randall Cobb, Cooper's back, Gallup's back, Zeke's still there. All the pieces are still in place, and even on the offensive line, you you lose Frederick, you add Biotish. Things are looking just so consistent across the board. Badger for Badger. Badger for Badger, you know, one great <laughs> line and do another. So, <laughs> Biotis is going to be a great NFL player, like like zero doubt for me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you there entirely. I, I totally agree with that. And uh, I mean, obviously, I think that there maybe is a little bit of floor there with or a little bit of ceiling there for Deck to still attain. And I do think them throwing the ball more, especially with that 277 and three that he put up on the ground. Um, if he can do something that approximates that with a few more pass attempts this year, then maybe he comes up a little bit as well. Again, no wrong answer in this one. I prefer Kyler. You prefer Dak. And I like with this little uh, ping pong. It's worked out very well with you getting, you know, pretty much two opportunities at it and me just taking the one. So let's flip it for debate number two on this episode. I'm going to go first. This one, two guys in the same division, two guys who we know very well, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. I can't believe I'm going to make this argument, but I'm going to go Matthew Stafford over Aaron Rodgers. I have long been a Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback we've ever seen in our lifetime uh, arguer. Not the most accomplished, of course. Maybe not the best, but the most talented guy. But I really like Matthew Stafford a lot this year. Again, very close in ADP. Rodgers is at 108.64. Stafford at 110.18. I look at what this guy did last year, Matthew Stafford. 2,500 yards, 19 touchdowns, 8.6 yards per attempt in just eight games. I see the way that this Detroit offense is going with Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, investing the high pick in DeAndre Swift, and I think they just want to put the ball in Stafford's hands as much as they can and try and get up and down the field as fast as they can. This is not uh, the Jim Bob Cooter offense that slowed it down and really uh, put an emphasis on not making mistakes with the ball. Uh, This Detroit um, administration is going to let Stafford let the ball fly, something we wish that the Seahawks would do with Russell Wilson. They are just unleashing Stafford. They know that he is their best bet if they are going to fight their way to the playoffs in what could be the best division in football in the NFC North. Volume is, I think, an absolute guarantee for him. Last year, he did that in 291 attempts, playing just eight games, pacing for nearly 600 attempts last season. I just think it's all there for him to pick up right where he left off as for Rodgers, we know how Matt LaFleur wants to do it. It wasn't a you know huge loss in volume last year, but it was a bit of a loss in volume for Rodgers. They didn't add any meaningful weapons for him in the offense, so we have to imagine that they want to bring it back in a similar way to what we saw from them last year. And I think there's an argument to be made that from a health perspective, Stafford 
is the safer bet. Rodgers has missed significant time in two of the last seven years. He's four years older than Matthew Stafford, and Stafford has long ago shed that injury-prone tag from early in his career. Last year was the first time he missed any time in a season uh, in seven years. So I do think that Matthew Stafford has the argument of being the, quote, healthier quarterback. And with everything around him and the way that offense is built, I think he can end up having a better year than Rodgers this season. Yeah, I think the Lions' goals as an offense definitely make Stafford really interesting to me this year. These are two guys who are probably very likely to end up on my fantasy teams this year, whereas I don't know if I'll have as much Kyler Murray or as much Dak Prescott by comparison. It's just not the way I've been building teams uh, when I think about one quarterback leagues at least. I think the things that still work in Rodgers' favor is that if you start looking at the number of drops that that group of pass catchers had last year, the the yardage, the fantasy points that were left on the field, it was exceptionally high. Now, the first counter-argument to that would be, how much better is their group of pass catchers now than it was a year ago? Devin Funchess added, and, you know, Jay Sternberger maybe having a larger role, like, it's it's not very You're making my argument. It's it's not very encouraging <laughs> when you look at the weapons that Stafford has. But I think it, what it comes back to for me is pure arm talent, right? Like, I, and I realize it's a ridiculous thing to argue from a fantasy perspective, but I do think when you look at Rodgers, if you watch him play, he hasn't changed as much as his production would lead you to believe. Like, if you didn't watch the team closely every week, if you're really a red zone person and a fan of a team that isn't the Packers. You see their nationally televised games, their primetime games, and that's that's it. It's really easy, especially because they looked bad against San Francisco twice. It's easy to think, oh, Rodgers has lost something. He doesn't have it anymore. I don't think that's the case. I think if this defense struggles at all, the attempts could actually tick up, not because they want to have Rodgers throw the ball more, but because they'll have to have him throw the ball more. Uh, I just think this is a guy that could actually – use Aaron Jones more in the passing game, that would nudge up the yardage from a year ago as well. So I, th- I think we could see him get back to that 4,400, 4,500 yard range pretty easily. I don't think the drop in attempts from 597 in 2018 to 569 uh, to 2019 is necessarily something we're going to see going forward. Uh, still runs a little bit, even though he's kind of getting away from that. Uh, so you get that little extra nudge as well. It's amazing to get him at a discount. And I think the biggest thing with Aaron Rodgers is that he should have Devontae Adams healthy for a full season, which he did not a year ago. So you take a bad group of pass catchers, you take out an elite guy like a Devontae Adams, things can go off the rails very quickly. A healthy Devontae Adams goes a long way toward propping up Rodgers' value in 2020 as well. Yeah, I will admit that if you flip the two teams these guys are on, then it's Rodgers in a runaway. If you give Rodgers the... Uh, the mentality we think Detroit's going to go into this season with offensively and Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift, uh, then I think that Rodgers is pretty easily the guy that you want to go for. So I guess I'm agreeing with you that Rodgers is still the better quarterback. I just really like Stafford's situation. And so often in fantasy leagues, we are drafting situation and opportunity more than we are necessarily drafting player. But Rodgers, Stafford, close to one another in ADP. Have to imagine that is going to be the case all season. And I agree with you. We'll end this show on a note of agreement. In a traditional one quarterback league, I want to do more of my shopping in the Rodgers and Stafford tier than in the Kyler and Dak tier, which, you know, just play Superflex already. We'll have plenty of that on this show and on the pages 
of The Athletic, but not enough time to get into it on the rest of this episode because this episode is over. If you are out there on iTunes, Spotify, anything like that, please give us a, a rating, a review, and subscribe. And also, go ahead to theathletic.com slash footballin15 and get yourself a free 30-day trial to The Athletic. For Derek Van Riper, who, I don't know, 0 for 2? Maybe 1 for 2? In our first debate series, I'm Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.